0: Welcome to The Porch. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics, examining the Word of God, focusing on the example of the book of Acts Church to see how they served the Lord, what they did, following their example and what they did well. They did some things wrong, so we won't do that. But that's what studying is about. It shows you what works. And what works is a red letter of basics. It's what the Lord said and the experiential knowledge that the writers of the New Testament had. We delve deeper into Scripture. We discover the church the Lord intended, not the one that man-made tradition created. And in doing so, I believe we can regain the world-shaking influence that the early church had. The Porch is an online community of believers. To restore the priesthood of the believer and the world-shaking influence the early church had, this is where we are every Wednesday night, 7 p.m., Eastern Time Live, and we're also archived. You can download and listen to it later on. But we believe the church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. As long as the church is here, the fire of the upper room still burns. Porch is an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc., a Florida non-for-profit since January of 2000. On solomonsporch.org is that website, or you can go to firefalltalkradio.com. Contact us there as well if you have any needs, any prayer requests, any praise reports you'd like to share. Go there. Go to our Facebook page and uh, let us know. Make sure you bookmark the Spreaker app, Firefall Talk Radio. If you don't have the app, download it. That way, once you have bookmarked it, once you have highlighted Firefall Talk Radio, whenever a podcast happens, you'll be notified. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud. As I said, we're back on Blog Talk and we're now going to appeal uh fill out an application for Amazon Podcasts. We're going to get the word out. We're going to increase our reach. We're going to wake up the remnant. If you want to support what we do, you can go to the Firefall Talk Radio homepage. At the bottom there's a PayPal link. You can do a one-time or a monthly donation if you don't like PayPal, you can use the Venmo app. It's easier to use, less fees. We're found there at Firefall Media Group, one word, uppercase on the F, the M, and the G. We appreciate your support and encouragement. Give as the Lord leads. And thank you, thank you to each and every one of you who support what we do um, with offerings, with prayer, with everything that you do for us. We are greatly appreciative. Anyone not wanting to hear the community part of the porch can jump directly to the chapter in Mark Shofar. The speaker does that. It offers you chapters and um, go directly into the lesson there. But if you want to stick around, this weekend, Rosh Hashanah Feast of Trumpets, sundown the 18th to the 19th and then the 19th to the 20th. It's a two-day event. September 22nd is the fall autumnal equinox, and the reason that's important, if you're paying attention, is beside the change of season, it's a high holy day for the kingdom of darkness. Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, is September 28th, and Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, October 3rd through the 9th, as I've said every week, I'm believing that from the Feast of Trumpets to the Feast of Tabernacles is going to be a special, supernaturally charged time. I read something today I want to share with you. Nearly two-thirds of U.S. young adults are unaware that six million Jews died in the Holocaust. According to a survey of adults 18 through 39, 23 percent said that they believed that the Holocaust was a myth, had been exaggerated, or they weren't sure. This was a study of millennial and Generation Z adults Uh, 18 to 39, half of which, 48 percent, could not name a single concentration camp or ghetto established during Second World War. Also, 23 percent said they believed that the Holocaust was uh, a myth. That just astounds me. It's a historical fact. They've got history, they've got footage, they've got documents. That's because this is being taught this way. One in eight, 12% said they definitely had not heard or didn't even think they'd heard about the Holocaust. More than half, 56%, said they'd seen Nazi symbols on their social media platforms in their communities. And almost half, 49%, had seen Holocaust denial or distortion posts on social media and elsewhere online. That's what's going on in our education system. Um, Muslim extremists in Ethiopia have carried out a door-to-door anti-Christian murder campaign this summer, killing over 500 of our brothers and sisters since June, according to ChristianPersecution.com. And, of course, I want to bring up the fact that we need prayers for those affected by Hurricane Sally in Louisiana, Alabama, and Florida. Pretty Pretty rough, hundreds of thousands without power. I've not gotten any tallies on uh, damage or uh, injuries or deaths yet, but um, it's pretty substantial. Entire areas underwater. Well, praise reports and prayer requests. Kind of hard to go into praise when you hear all that nonsense in the world, but we must praise him. We must come into his presence with thanksgiving. So I praise him. I thank him. For my home, for my wife, my family, my sons, daughter-in-law, laws, plural, um, our grandson, our furry kids, everything we have, all good things come from above, come from Him. And without my salvation, I wouldn't have any of those things. I pray, praise Him for His protection over all of us, each and every one of us, no matter what's going on. He's there to protect us, even in the midst of the storms. Whether it's a hurricane or whether it's political or whether it's spiritual, he's there to protect us. I praise him for the ministry that he allows me to work for him, for the dreams and the visions. I praise him for the healing virtues that are still available to us. I say this every week, and I know a couple of times I've gotten feedback on it, but... If you need healing right now, if there's some area of your life, some area of your body, something you need the touch of God on right now, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, the Messiah, be healed, be made whole, be restored, renewed, and be lifted up in his name. I praise him for being able to do that, to pray, to praise. I praise him for everything. Lately, I've begun to praise and pray more and If you knew how much I did before, you're wondering, how can you find more time? I will. I do. For his favor and his revelation, for being a new creation, living in these prophetic times. He told us this would happen, and it is. Praise him for America. Yes, we have problems. America was founded by people that were looking to worship him in spirit and truth that came from England and other places, To establish a community of believers that they could worship the Lord the way the book of Acts church worshiped the Lord. Now we know that got corrupted all along the way, but the seeds were planted. The seeds are there. I praise him for the signs that he's giving us, that he's getting ready to return. Can't tell you when, but I know, I know it's coming. Get ready. Make sure your life is in order. Make sure you've done everything you need to do before he comes. We're going to pray. We pray for the Middle East. A lot of big things going on. Peace being signed, peace accords. And in the natural, that's tremendous. But in the spiritual, it indicates a lot of other things. So I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Psalm 122, verse 6. I'm praying for America and its leaders and its citizens during this time of unrest and turmoil. There is no doubt that the spirit of the Antichrist is out in the land, that the lawless one is doing what he does. But that's when we should rise up in prayer and take a stand. I pray for the fatherless, the widows, the innocents, the victims of injustice. I pray against the slaughter of the innocents in and out of the womb, both animal and human. We have not been good stewards of his creation. I pray for the missing and exploited children, the victims of human trafficking, sex trafficking, and as I've already mentioned, our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith, no matter how bad you think America is that has not touched us yet. The anti-Semitism, everything we're seeing, the spirit of the Antichrist, we've talked about it. It's ugly. It's active but we've been given the power to push back. We've been given the power to take a stand. To do that, we need divine wholeness, health, and healing. Get back to our divine Get divine design. Get back to what he ordained for us, heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. It means I'm praying for healing in my wife, Deb, and for each and every one of you that have physical limitations, that your DNA would start to recreate healthy, whole, original cells, not the damaged ones. Praying for protection, inspiration, and as always, I pray for the remnant to wake up. I know a lot are, but I also need more, I know more need to be. Rise up, answer the call to action if you've been blessed, then be a blessing. Oh, We have things to do. And not just us. There are other people, but I can only talk for us. We have things to do. We have have places to go. We've got assignments to shut down the work of the enemy, destroy the work of the enemy, set the captives free, get the word out, dreams and visions and missions that the blessings will fund, become highly mobile, we're not going to fly anywhere. I don't know about you, but I'm not sitting on a plane for two or three or four or five hours with a mask on. So we're going to drive and we're going to have our own equipment. That takes money. That takes blessing. If you can pray, then pray. Pray it through. If you know somebody, tell them. And I continue to pray for divine favor and the conclusion of legal matters and adversity that just won't seem to go away. And of course, all of our lost family members, I pray for them right now. Father, we call them into the kingdom. Any family member, anyone being named right now, we call them into your kingdom. We call them out of the kingdom of darkness, translated into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of your Son. And I pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. Okay, I got so excited and so... F- Filled with the fire of the Spirit. I jumped right to the shofar because I wanted to hear it. And Kim had a praise report and prayer request that I'm going to honor it. She got it in. She took the effort to get it in on time. She says, I praise praise him for Yeshua, for my sobriety, my children, my, my husband, my family, my dog Bruno, my friends in the porch community. She said, praying for everyone affected by this storm. She says, Sally's not playing around. I think there was a song about, I don't know. She said she'll be up here tonight. It's already raining and storming. She's asking for prayer to get through a difficult situation at work, asking for the Father to show her his way in it, praying against human trafficking, Um, protection for children and families, for her husband as he travels home, the protection for the pets, homes, and possessions from the enemy, and um, save and deliver us in Jesus' name. See, mistakes happen. But that's what this is about, not making mistakes, don't get me wrong. This is about a community where, where each and every one valuable to Him. Her praise report and prayer request was valuable to Him. Yours is valuable to Him. Whatever part you have in the kingdom is important, and that's what we're talking about. Tonight we're going to talk about a kingdom of God focus. And as always, I want to start out with the Lord's Prayer, and this is not a ritual, Amen. The other day I was praying and talking to the Lord and I mentioned this prayer and he spoke to me and he said, this is an activation prayer. And didn't really explain what that meant, but I looked at it. In the opening of the prayer, we acknowledge our Heavenly Father. We acknowledge that he is holy. We ask for his kingdom. His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We've talked about that the last couple of the weeks. Give us this day our daily bread. Provide us the manna as you see fit. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's not just what people have done to you and done against you. We're not supposed to be debtors in this world. We're supposed to be lenders, not borrowers. So I, my prayer every day for me, and I'm hoping you're praying it too, that God would bless you to get completely out of debt That you would be the head and not the tail, that you would be above and not beneath, and that you would not be bound into the fallen world system. That ties in, don't lead us into temptation. Don't allow the enemy to do anything that tempts us out of right relationship and and being in harmony with you, but deliver us from this evil one. And of course, some people think that only means Hasatan, uh, Satan, the adversary, but it's the entire kingdom of darkness. And then we acknowledge finally that it is His kingdom, His power, and His glory that we seek forever. Amen. The kingdom, the power and the glory is the kingdom of God. It's His rule. It's His sovereignty. It's His dominion. It's His control. It's His authority over all things in heaven and on earth. And we know that the world system fights it. We know that everything around us is fighting his control. But then we've been given a power source to help us undo that, the power of the Holy Spirit, the dunamis, explosive, miraculous, forceful power that is an aspect of the kingdom of God. And the upper room was the triggering event for that paradigm-shifting ability. And the glory that physical manifestation that he has allowed us to share in through Messiah Yeshua, we are transformed day by day as we bask in his glory. And if you've heard me teach and read the book, you know I talk about that there's a, a DNA response to that. But if you don't understand that, how about this? If you, stand, you sit outside in the sun, eventually the sun is absorbed into your body. You get the vitamin D. Uh, that comes from it, you get all the health benefits, and then, of course, your, your melanin reacts and you get a tan. Well, I want a glory tan. I want people to look at me and know that I've been basking in the glory of God forever. Not just now, but now and in the age to come. I want that to be eternal. That is my heart's cry every day. So go with me to Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse 25, and I'll show you the scripture that inspired where we're going this week. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, "'nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. "'Are you not of more value than they? "'Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to your stature? "'So why do you worry about clothing? "'Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. "'They neither toil nor spin. "'And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all of his glory "'was not arrayed like one of these.' Now if God so clothes the grass of the field which, is, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles sink, seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But here's to the, the scripture that I focused on. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you above all else. Seek the kingdom of God. Live righteously, and he'll give you everything you need. Seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his way of doing and being right, his righteousness. And all these things taken together will be given to you besides all that. What things? Well, food, shelter, clothing, blessing, peace—all of that—all are a byproduct of the kingdom of God. Well, you might say, "Well, Richard, uh, my—I had to pay for my house. I had to pay for my car. I make a monthly mortgage. I get all that. I do. But if he doesn't provide the blessing, if he doesn't open the door to a job, if he doesn't help you—I'm—I'm I'm, meaning if you're letting him do it, you don't have to." You can go into debt, you can flip this loan, and you can do all the things that the world tells you to do, and that's okay. But in his kingdom, he's your provider. Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Don't be anxious, fearful, or worry. If you are, your mind is on something other than the kingdom of God. Your heavenly father already knows what you need. So your prayer is not informing him of your need. Your prayer is expressing your trust in his provision. When I pray for the things I pray for, I know that they're coming. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not trying to get him to expedite delivery. I don't think I checked the box for, you know, two-day delivery. So I'm asking now. But you need single-minded commitment to God, seeking his reign in your life through Messiah. That's the primary concern of those who follow him. I I wish I'd been taught this when I was a baby Christian. As, As I've said it every week and I say it to people that I talk to, I've learned more about the kingdom of God in the last year than I have in 31 years prior. I wish I understood that. Would have been less stress. Would have been less pressure. Because this is the new way of life. We've been called to abandon any commitment to earthly treasures. Can't take it with you. The only true treasures are heavenly ones. Citizens of the kingdom, which is what we are, must be single-minded in our focus and our devotion to our Heavenly Father. When you become anxious, that usually indicates a failure in your faith. That's just a fact. The minute you begin to stress The minute you begin to focus on the problem and not the solution, the minute you begin to look at the earthly things and not the heavenly things, you come under stress, anxiety. It's damaging to the body. But when your faith is restored, all of that's alleviated. When you turn everything towards Him, when you turn it towards His kingdom, when you turn it towards being in right relationship with Him, Because he can be trusted to provide the necessities of life. By seeking the kingdom of God above all else, one carries on the struggle for existence in a fallen world in the proper way. I believe this knowledge of the kingdom, whether it's positional authority, whether it's about provision, whether it's about relationship, whatever aspect that we have focused on over these weeks, I believe it is a... I don't want to call it a game changer because this is not a game, but it has thrown some afterburner fuel into the old fuel. It has changed things, at least for me and for some of the people that have reached out to me to tell me what these Bible studies are doing. But just think, if you are free from worry, freedom from worry, which is born of sincere faith in our Heavenly Father, faith in His providence, that's the mark of a kingdom citizen. You know what it comes down to? That kind of freedom is freedom. Matthew six twenty-two verse through 24. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness. And it ties into the word deep darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And by the way, mammon is a spirit. If, if we could, right now, make a, a commitment to the singleness of our devotion to our Heavenly Father, that we are devoted to the single treasure that the kingdom of God brings us, a single vision about the kingdom, and then, of course, a single master, our Lord, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. No other masters, no other vision, not looking at anything. The problem with this world, and the enemy is brilliant at it, I don't admire him for it, but I recognize how brilliant he is with misdirection to get you to take your eyes off of what is really important. We should be enjoying complete confidence in his providence, free from anxiety. That's the kingdom of God focus. I want to show you an example of that. We have examples in it through the Lord and, of course, through the disciples, but I'm going to focus on this one in the Lord. Go with me to Luke chapter 4, starting with verse 40. This is the amplified version. Now, at the setting of the sun, which indicated the end of the Sabbath, all those who, who had any who were sick with various diseases were brought to him. And he laid his hands upon every one of them and cured them. Even demons came out of many people screaming and crying out, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not permit them to speak because they knew that he was the Messiah. And when daybreak came, he left Peter's house. This is in Peter's house when his mother-in-law got up to feed them and went into an isolated desert place. And the people were looking for him until they came up to him and tried to prevent him leaving them. This is what he said to them. This is how focused he was on his father's business. I must preach the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God to the other cities. For I was sent for this purpose. And then he continued to preach in the synagogues of Galilee. We're seeing a lot of things happen in this little section of Luke 4, verses 40 through 44. One of the things you see is that even though the demons were telling the truth, he told them to shut up. Now, you would think that in a situation like that, people would be moved and impressed by the fact that the demons knew who he was, but not only wasn't it time for them to know that, he didn't want his identity revealed through demonic declaration. Yeah, they acknowledge he was Messiah. But he refused their testimony. He didn't want to be accused of being in league with them or even accepting the testimony of Hasatan, who was working to discredit the Lord's work and doctrine. You know what that tells me? We don't want or need the world's validation of who we are and what we do. Yet so many seek No, he didn't value the testimony of demons. Didn't want to become a national hero with their assistance. And that particular story, that particular confession, is unique to the Gospel of Luke. The the connection between Yeshua's Sonship and Messiahship. The Son of God, the Messianic title. Psalm 2, verse 7, I will declare the decree of... The Lord has said to me, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Psalm 89, verse 26 and 27. He shall cry to me, you are my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. I will make him my firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. Luke ties the titles of Messiah and Son of God together. Even in the story up on uh, the Mount of Transfiguration, when the voice came out of the clouds in, in chapter nine, verse thirty-five, This is my beloved son, hear him. That's because Peter, John, and and uh, Andrew were talking. Oh, let's build a tabernacle. Let's do something religious. Everybody was trying to find out who he was, yet he was showing to them the messianic prophecies were being fulfilled, even, even the 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 council in Luke twenty-two wanted to know if you are the Messiah, tell us. But he said, If I tell you, you will by no means believe. And if I also ask you, you will by no means answer me or let me go. Hereafter the Son of Man will sit at the right hand of the power of God. Uh, And then they all said, Well, are you then the Son of God? Now look at the words he chooses. You rightly say that I am. And that's when... The chief priests and the elders and the scribes all went what what further testimony do we need? We've heard it from ourselves from his own mouth. See, they the the demons in those men didn't really want to hear the truth. That really wasn't what it was about. That didn't matter. That wasn't what he was there for. But back in, in Luke four he was healing the multitude since sunset. Maybe he was working all night and he needed to get some rest. He was living out what he said to us in Mark sixteen eighteen, about um, laying hands on the sick and they will recover. Everything we've been called to do, he is an example of. Supernatural provision, taxes needed to be paid, and he tells Peter where to go, and he finds a fish with the coin in his mouth. I don't know how the coin got there. Did it miraculously appear? Did the fish happen to pick it up? I don't know. But I do know that when Peter went there, that gold coin, which was enough for both of their taxes, was there. Why don't we have that kind of faith anymore? We've seen it. We've read about it. We've heard about it. We, some of us have experienced this kind of power. But was he doing it for a show? Was he doing it for attention-getting? No. What he was doing was a natural byproduct of the kingdom of God. And we should be doing it too because of his presence in us. See, this kingdom focus changes you from the inside out. You think it's external what I look upon, what I think, what I hear. No, no, it's changing you from the inside out. My words are changing you from the inside out. They're speaking to your spirit. They're feeding it. They're making it bigger. They're making it stronger. It's opening up the eyes of your understanding from the inside out. And then you get to live that. You get to manifest that in a fallen world. But in his human form, he needed rest. Rest. When the power of the Holy Spirit goes through a human body, especially after long periods of prayer and laying out of hands, you need rest. But they kept bringing people to him. But he knew he needed rest. That's the thing about the Sabbath. You must honor the Sabbath. It, it wasn't a suggestion. It was a command. Now, as you know, we honor it from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. That is our Sabbath. Some of you may say, well, you know, I do that Sunday. Well, then do it. Stop doing the work. Stop doing anything but worshiping him, spending time with him, prayer and rest for your soul and your body. But the contrast between him and some of the modern leaders And followers who shun the desert places and go to any length to seek the crowds, whether it's flashy advertising, false claims, fantastic teachings, or sensationalism. We should reject all of that. When we see it happening, we should know it's not of him. I hate to sound so harsh, but this is a hot button for me. The kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. That was the core of his preaching. That was the core of his teaching. That was the core of everything he did. And then the disciples added to it. They built off of the foundation of that in their writings. Where did we go wrong? The Jews were looking for royal power and and royal authority to come into play. They were looking for the wrong aspect of it. They didn't realize that it had to be inside out. They needed to be saved, healed, and delivered. They needed their sin removed before they could have the external. Why has he not come back yet? It's either not the fullness of time. Or we're not ready. Probably both. You know, as I sat here today... I'm off my notes here. There's no notes on this, so who knows where this is going to go. As I sat here today and thought about me sharing this with you week after week, knowing that many of you have no desire for evangelism, you have no desire for ministry, you have no desire for any of the things that many do that I do. But I think you've got it all wrong. Those things are a natural outgrowth Of the kingdom of God. You're an evangelist when you tell somebody about what the Lord did to you. When you share with them your testimony or he answered a prayer or a miracle happened or whatever. We are all called to share the gospel. Doesn't mean you have to do it like I do it or like anybody else does it. But the kingdom of God is your message. Your life is the example of it. From the word, go. From the beginning of his ministry, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. If you want a message, there it is. The kingdom of God is here. The king is coming back. Will he be coming back for you? If not, repent and believe the good news. Luke knew it. He had the message. The kingdom is mentioned 30 Two times in his writings in Luke and six times in his writings in the book of Acts. I detest this fallen world. I detest Hasatan and the fallen for what they've done, for their rebellion against my father, the things they say and do, and the things that they have control over, movies, TV, media, politics, whatever. I know I get more upset with what they say than he does. They're talking about my dad. They're talking about my Lord. They're talking about the one who died for me and saved me and gave me back my family and everything that I had allowed the enemy to trick me into giving away. To say I have a zeal for them is an understatement. <clears throat> I want to live his kingdom. I want to live his way. I'm tired of this fallen world. I'm tired of watching babies hacked up in the womb and body parts being sold. I'm tired of hearing the stories about children being kidnapped and being sexually abused or sold and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing what man does to his creation, the animals and, and how they treat them and we've been such awful, awful stewards and I know it's Adam's fault. he should have said no when Eve tried to deceive him, but he went along with it, and here we are, and Yeshua gave us back the spiritual authority on the cross. On Calvary and what have we done with it? With, within the time that I've been speaking, 39 minutes, if we divide that by three, that's 13. Every three minutes, a believer somewhere in the world sorry I'm having a hard time talking about this I'm tired tired of a nation who says the the Lord is our God yet we still kill babies we didn't we haven't stopped that Yeshua was giving us the authority and the rule of his father here on earth for us to live it out and part of that was the Rebuking of sin. Luke twenty four forty seven that repentance and the remission of sins should be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and then when it comes back to Jerusalem, it will be a full circle, and it will be done. We were given the power of the Holy Spirit to do it. Two verses later, verse 49 of Luke 24, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are right now. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you think about the gifts of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit, but I'm speaking to you. I say be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and the fullness of his desire and what he has for you. Show some fruit in your life. Show some signs and wonders in your life. Be healed of all the bondages and the things that keep you from being who he wants you to be. Let the scales fall off your eyes. Let whatever's clogging your spiritual ears be gone and hear clearly. Hear the whisper in the whirlwind. Hear his voice. But, folks, we've got to live out SRT's motto, Ephesians 5.11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. I mentioned Vance Havner last week, an evangelist, popularized by Billy Graham and others. He was a traveling evangelist during that period of time. I found this quote, and, boy, he must have been talking about 2020. This is back in the early 1900s. Our world is fast becoming a madhouse, and the inmates are truly are trying to run the asylum. It's a strange time when the patients are writing the prescriptions, the students are threatening to run the schools, the children to manage the homes, and the church members, not the Holy Spirit, to direct the churches. Churches abdicated its leadership in the world, And we had a job stop that virus called sin, which was a byproduct of the fall and Adam's abdication to Hasaton. I know it's not comfortable. I know pointing out an area of somebody's life that's out of order is very difficult. And I'm not telling you to whack upside the head with the Bible, although there have been times I've wanted to do that. I knew it would be counterproductive. I try to remember what I was like when I was in that bondage, and I could not see. What got through to me was love. What got through to me was grace. What got through to me was the Holy Spirit on somebody's voice or in a hug or a handshake or just in a word in due season. I was like John 3.20, where it says, Everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. When I went to Tallahassee, during the time I was separated from my family and sleeping in a bed full of crystals and doing all the evil demonic things I was doing, but I I still went down to visit. And they were smart. They were very subtle. They took me into Christian heritage, the old Christian heritage, the one that uh, Bob Shelley oversaw. And it had a prayer room. And the prayer room was built like the original tabernacle. It took two doors to get into it, and then you got in the inside, and it was a, it was made like a tent. And there were altars, and there was a cross with backlit by a light. But it was a place that originally had been dedicated and sanctified, and the presence of the Spirit was powerful. With well, my brother-in-law John giving us giving me a tour of the church, um, as we got through that first door, I knew I didn't want to go through the second door. Everything in me did not want to go through the second door. And he tried to get me to come inside to look at it. And I said, no, I'm good. I can see it from here. And I turned around and walked out. Later on, that would become a special place to pray, a place where the spirit sometimes would be so thick and the presence of the Lord would be so overwhelming, it would like being in an alternate reality. I knew Luke 12, too, without knowing the verse. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed nor hidden that will not be known. But the truth was I wanted it to be known. My heart wanted to be free. That Richard that was inside there, that little boy, wanted a relationship with my heavenly Father. I just didn't know it yet. So you have been delegated a power not to put on a show, not to make a name for yourself, not to get a a, a plaque or a name tag or anything other than to set the captives free and undo the work of the enemy. When I I look at my life, and I can only tell you when I speak the word what I know, what I've experienced. Of course, I I read from commentaries that fill in the blanks of what I'm trying to say about my experience, but I know for a fact that the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner and thoughts of the thoughts and intents of the heart, Hebrew 412. I knew it when I heard it, when I heard Shelly preach it, when he would take me out for a meal when I went down there and spoke a word, it would cut through. It was alive. It was powerful. And It was effective. And it was sharper than any two-edged sword. It got right through. It got right through that dividing line of my of my human bound soul to the immortal spirit that yearned for heaven. It got through to the deepest parts of my nature. It exposed me. It it told me the truth. And then one day, I woke up. I heard it. I've shared this, but I think somebody needs to hear it. I did the things I did, the, the, the occult, the, the dark things for power. And folks, I had power. I'm not gonna go into all the details and tell all the stories, but I had power. But then one day sitting in a restaurant in Tallahassee with, with Shelley, he just looked at me. This this exact phrase is what got through to me. He said, You tell me you're not serving the devil. And I say, you are, because you're not serving God. It's either or. And this light bulb went off in my head. I believed in God. I believed in Jesus from my perspective as a someone raised Roman Catholic. But I believed he was the Son of God. I believed in God. I believed in all those things, but from the other side of, of the fence. And I saw it. My whole life, I'd been looking for power, and I'd been nothing but a puppet. Someone else was pulling my strings. And in this fleeting moment, I saw so many things about my life where I thought I was in power, but I wasn't. And the closer I got to getting saved, the heart of the enemy attacked me and came after me and went after Shelley. told me the stories of those times and tried to stop me from getting saved. I realized that that's not that's not power. I'm owned. I'm, I'm cattle. I'm a slave. I wanted to be free. I wanted the kingdom of God. I wanted out of the kingdom of darkness. And there is not a creature that exists that is concealed from his sight. But all things are open and exposed naked and defenseless to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. No creature, I wasn't hidden, nothing I did was hidden. He knew it all. This kingdom of God responsibility. See, this focus I'm talking about allows you to see in the spirit but not because you want the gift, or not because you think it's amusing, or not because you think it's going to give you advantage. What you're going to see? You're going to see wounds. You're going to see hurt people. You're going to see what was done to them as children. Oh, you're going to see things that will rock your world if the Holy Spirit's not in you and working with you. You'll see things that make you want to crawl up in the dark and cry because of what had been done to his children. But you have to flip it. You have to see it with his love, and you have to have that fire to do something about it. That's the focus. That's the fire. That's what I'm trying to get across to you. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things I've been talking about will be added unto you. You don't think he knows? Jeremiah seventeen ten. I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Thankfully, we have the cross to protect us from that. I look at what's going on in the world right now and the natural part of me, the uh, at times the still New York street kid, the still the security consultant, bodyguard, I see the natural reaction. I see where everything is going and then the spirit man in me speaks out and cries out, but no, people will die. People will be hurt. You can't want that. The kingdom of God is about seeking his righteousness. Well, the kingdom of darkness, the world embraces and celebrates sins. Oh, they celebrate it. Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. So he sought how he might conveniently betray him. Oh, they wanted to pay him for it. The enemy will bless you. You want the enemy's blessing? You can have them. There will be a price to pay. The interest on that money will be more than you can pay back. Romans one twenty two. though, they were fully aware of God's righteous decrees, that those who do such things deserve to die. They not only did them themselves, they applauded others who did them as well, who practiced them. But as I already said to you, even in the midst of sin, people seek the Lord. And if you're focused on the kingdom, you'll be ready for them. In Luke chapter 4, where we started all of this, people were so desperate for a miracle. Now, remember, all those people coming to him were probably not righteous They probably had things going on in their lives, but they knew they needed a miracle, and they knew that he was the miracle worker. And they put all that aside, and coming into his presence, they got healed. And I know for a fact that that would have changed their lives one way or the other. These people were so desperate for a miracle, they sought to monopolize his time and to keep him there. But his mission was what? To go about the Father's business preaching as much as possible in Luke chapter 2 he's 12 years old they go to the, the Jerusalem for the feast of Tabern- uh, the feast of the passover i'm sorry and they're doing their thing and joseph and mary did not know they got to leave with the group they were leaving with and it took them a day to realize that he wasn't with them he stayed behind so now after three days of looking for him, and Luke chapter 2, verse 46, was a foreshadowing, they found him. They found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the other's teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard what he had to say were astonished at his understanding and his answers. So Mary and Joseph come up to him and say, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And what did he say to them? Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Well, of course, they didn't understand what he said. Why'd you have to look for me? You should have known where I was. You should have known that it's my duty. It's necessary for me to be in my father's house, being about occupied by my father's business. And by the way, if that's not a declaration, those were the first recorded words of Yeshua in Luke chapter 2, verse 49. Even at 12, he knew what the focus was. He knew what the commission was about. I must be about my father's business. And what's interesting is his final words on the cross were, It is finished. The work he had to do for the father was complete. Well done. Some people want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I've already said that's not what I want to hear. And I know that's not what I'm going to hear. What I'm going to hear is, welcome home, son. Good job. Because I've been about my father's business. Get your focus on the kingdom of God. Get it off the world. Get it off religion tradition. Get it off some of these false teachers and preachers and charlatans who want to entertain you with the smoke and the lights and the mirrors and the fantastic teachings that don't line up with the word. They tickle your ears. If you want what I've been talking about, if you want that change right now, repent of anything done that has kept you from this, and cry out to him, I want the fullness of the kingdom of God in my life. Father, I'm praying for your children. I'm praying for their eyes to be cleared. I'm praying for their minds to be cleared. I'm praying for their hearts to be changed, for them to be fully focused on you and your kingdom in this time of darkness, when it looks like everywhere we look, there are demons on the streets that are willing to get on their knees or under their prayer shawls or going into their prayer closets or wherever it is they get alone with you into war on behalf of your children. I'm praying for them, Lord. I'm praying for them to be stirred up from the inside out. I'm praying that the fire would begin to burn. I'm praying that you'd begin to expand their understanding of the word, that the eyes of their enlightenment would be opened, would be increased, would be magnified. We've had many times where the church has had to rise and answer the call and hasn't done it, but Lord, if there ever was a time that we needed to rise up, this is it. To be about our Father's business, to be about your business, Lord, to be your example here on the earth, as you were, so shall we be sitting with you in positional authority at your right hand, acting with your authority, doing it in love, doing it under the auspices of the kingdom. Receiving, trusting, not anxious, not afraid. Not beat down, but risen, standing up, pushing back, standing digging our heels in on behalf of our loved ones who are not saved, on behalf of this nation that you inspired its creation. And though we have not honored you and done what you asked, we're here at a moment where the enemy is trying to completely take it out. And I know that I'll fight, both naturally and spiritually. I know that I will take a stand And I know others who will, too. But most of all, we stand in the kingdom for the kingdom. So reach them right now, Lord. Reach into their hearts, their minds, their souls, and their spirit. And activate them as an agent of the kingdom of God. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grunn. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.